Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb. I'm Monica Ricks. Israel says it's been trying to give Palestinian civilians a head up, heads up to get out as it pushes deeper into southern Gaza. But Sari Bashi with Human Rights Watch calls the efforts a big fail. Giving people a QR code on social media, when you've cut telecommunications, there's no electricity, and the maps themselves are confusing and error-ridden, is a cruel joke. Meantime, families of hostages also met with Israel's prime minister today, CBS's Robert Berger. Basically, they were angry. They urged him to restart negotiations with Hamas and to make whatever concessions are necessary to bring their loved ones home. The war is forcing some big universities now to confront anti-Semitism on Capitol Hill. Here's CBS's Allison Keyes. MIT President Sally Kornbluth told lawmakers that she knows some Jews feel unsafe on campus. I am also deeply concerned about the rise in prejudice against Arabs, Muslims, and Palestinians. The presidents of MIT, Harvard, and the University of Pennsylvania all told the committee upon questioning that they support Israel's right to exist. They say they are trying to balance safety and free speech. A Republicans bowing out of a Senate standoff. CBS's Scott McFarlane explains. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville tells CBS News, quote, it's over. He's releasing nearly all of the holds he's been putting on military promotions and military confirmations in the U.S. Senate. He's been protesting a Pentagon policy which pays for time off and travel for service members who must now travel out of state for abortion. Police have found remains and identified the suspect who fired at officers yesterday before a big home explosion in Arlington, Virginia. Assistant Fire Chief Jason Jenkins says 10 homes were impacted by that blast, but it could have been worse. I can say the the fire department personnel turned off the gas before the explosion occurred. We still don't know what caused it. This week is Old Driver Safety Awareness Week, and more people are waiting longer to give up their keys. The number of Americans 65 and older increased 22 percent between 2012 and 2021. As our population ages, and we want to make sure that they have the cognitive abilities, the physical abilities, visual abilities. Fritzi Schreffler is with the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation. 25 percent of licensed drivers in Pennsylvania are older than 65. Jim Chris. CBS News. We've already said. Denny Lane, who was a founding member of both the Moody Blues and Wings, has died. He was 79 years old. His wife says he was battling lung disease. This is CBS News. Make- WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Revolution. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. University presidents, they were pressed on anti-Semitism gripping college campuses in the United States of America right now. We'll share some of that with you this hour as well. And a very, very important question that's happening right now in this country that I think we're all concerned about continues to be and that is uh what exactly is going to happen with senator bob menendez the corrupt senator from new jersey because there's a developing story around those gold bars 
Turns out that Senator Bob Menendez, Gold Bar Bob, Gold Bar Bob Menendez, well, the gold bars found in the home of Bob Menendez were actually stolen. Stolen gold bars. You can't make this stuff up. You cannot fight. You cannot make this stuff up. It was a story from NBC New York yesterday. came out. And gold bars featured in Bob Menendez's bribery case linked to a 2013 robbery, according to records. The New Jersey businessman told police he was the victim of an armed robbery in 2013 and asked police to recover the 22 gold bars stolen from him. A decade later, four of those gold bars with unique serial numbers had come into the possession of Senator Menendez and his wife, Nadine. At least four gold bars tied to the FBI search of Bob Menendez's home have been directly linked to a New Jersey businessman now accused of bribing the state's senior senator. The businessman, Fred Davies, reported to police he was the victim of an armed robbery in 2013, and he asked police to recover the gold bars stolen from him. He reported $500,000 in cash and 22 gold bars were stolen. Police later caught four suspects with the stolen goods. To get his property back, he signed property release forms certifying the gold bars belonged to him. Each gold bar has its own serial number. He said, this is what the businessman told the investigators in a 2014 transcript made by prosecutors and police who recovered and returned to him the stolen valuables. They're all stamped. You'll never see two stamped the same way. A decade later, the FBI said four of the gold bars with unique serial numbers had come into the possession of Senator Menendez and his wife, Nadine. Two bars were found during the FBI search of their Clinton home, while an indictment stated that Nadine Menendez gave the other two gold bars to a jeweler to sell. But photos of those two bars were recovered. In the 2023 bribery indictment against the powerful, one-time powerful anyway, New Jersey Democrat Senator... And the businessman prosecutors included photos of some of the alleged bribes found in Menendez's home, including four gold bars. The serial numbers of the four gold bars in the bribery indictment appear to be an exact match to four of the gold bars. Davies certified as stolen and returned to him in the 2013 robbery case. For example, a Swiss bank corporate corporation gold bar with serial number five, nine, zero, 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 five that the FBI said it seized from the senator's home in a 2023 search was also reported stolen by Davies and returned to him a decade earlier. The signature and initials appear on the evidence log, which included each specific gold bars with corresponding serial numbers. All this spells bad news for Senator Menendez because of the chain of custody, it appears, is going to be really easy to prove up. Yeah, I see that's a problem too. You know, because it's so sleazy and it's just perfect Jersey. It really is. It's perfect Jersey that the the bars, the gold bars that Gold Bar Bob had in his possession happen to be stolen gold bars. And this guy Davies, it was November of 2013. He told police he was the victim of a gunpoint robbery in his penthouse apartment in Edgewater. The millionaire developer said he was tied to a chair as the thieves made off with cash, gold and jewelry. The four suspects were quickly caught and later pleaded guilty. Davies attended court proceedings as the victim. On December 13, 2013, he signed documents to get his property back, including the gold bars. Now, if in fact Davies gave those gold bars to Menendez, that alone, of course, does not necessarily prove the crime of bribery. But the question is, was there a quid pro quo? Did the senator get those gold bars from the businessman because of some sleazy quid pro quo that he did to help him using his office to do so. The answer, of course, is yes. You know, like I told you yesterday, um, two things can be true at the same time. It's one of those universal things in life that I've observed. Two things can be true at the same time. Yes, the Obama administration, not once but twice, because I still consider this to be the Obama administration, uh, went after Bob Menendez because he challenged them on Iran. That's why they did it. But it doesn't change the fact that Bob Menendez is guilty as hell. Two things can be true at the same time. There's a lot of very corrupt people in, in, in politics, obviously. The question is, how come some people get a pass and others don't? I mean, some people are so corrupt, everybody knows they're corrupt, and yet they live their entire life without so much as ever even getting an indictment. Or sometimes they'll get a letter literally clearing them by the United States attorney for the state, letting them know that they are off the hook, which is 
never happens, but sometimes happens to powerful South Jersey political bosses, for example. How come some people are so corrupt and everybody knows they're corrupt and it seems like they can just, they're Teflon, completely Teflon. And then others suddenly now, even though everybody knew they were corrupt for years and years and the corruption was out there all the time, suddenly now they're in the crosshairs of the Justice Department. Like, what, what took you so long? What were you waiting for? Well, what they were waiting for is for you to do something that crosses them. And then, then they, it's like they have a file on you and then they just go. So when Menendez was indicted the first time around, back when Obama was president, it was because he crossed Obama on the Iran deal. This time around, he crossed Obama again on the Iran deal. And now he's indicted again. But it doesn't change the fact that he's guilty. He's guilty as hell. It's just the timing of this, like, I, like I've been mentioning to you, is incredibly suspicious because of the fact that everybody knew these allegations. None of these things are new. These are all old allegations. They were there for years. The other thing, too, about this is that, and I went through this in some detail yesterday on the show, uh, King Philip the Unaccountable, his royal rugness, his wife Tammy's running for U.S. Senate. His wife Tammy will be the Democrat nominee for U.S. Senate this June when the, Democrat, when the New Jersey primary happens. She will be the nominee, not Bob Menendez. He will try to run an off-the-line challenge, as it's called, which can work, but it's not going to work this time. And the reason why is because the Democrat machine will not allow the governor's wife to lose that primary. King Philip the Unaccountable has far too much power and influence, and it's a done deal. She will be the nominee, period. Menendez will not win the general, will not, will not beat her in November. She'll be the nominee this coming June when New Jersey has its primary. She will be the Democrat nominee for U.S. Senate. She will run against the Republican right now. Susan Glasner is really, um, I, I think, the only declared candidate, although I imagine there'll be others at some point will be running in the race. And then Menendez will also probably be running, but he's not. But he'll be running as a as a as a third party long shot candidate at that point. And there's no chance he's going to win. None. Zero. Zilch. Nada. He's done. Politically done. See, that's why, you know, yesterday when somebody made the comment on Twitter about how, you know, John Fetter person saying Menendez should go is really some sort of like back conspiracy theory to get rid of Menendez. Now, they don't need to get rid of Menendez. Menendez is exactly where they want him to be. Just taking up space and serving as a as a as a foil while Tammy Murphy runs around, collects all the endorsements of the powerful county chairs, Democrat members of Congress. And at the same time, they can also take down the entire Menendez dynasty, which is why they're now turning on his son, Rob Menendez. And those powerful North Jersey forces don't like South Jersey forces, and it's a whole headwind clashing, and that's where things are. But they, they want Menendez right there. They don't want him to go anywhere. They don't, they don't need him to go anywhere. They want him right there. Because come June, I think the primary is, well, what is it? It's the first Tuesday after the first Monday in June. So let's see what that would be, June 6th or so. Let's see. I'm going to my calendar here. June 4th. So on June 4th, 2024, when the New Jersey primary happens, Tammy Murphy will be the Democrat nominee for Senate and she'll have a big party and she'll be on stage and King Philip the Unaccountable will come out. His rug will be freshly pressed, maybe pre freshly steam cleaned. You know that they use uh, Stanley Steamer for his head. Did you know that, Matt DeSantis? <laughs> Stanley Steamer, the carpet cleaner. That's what King Philip the Unaccountable uses. It makes sense. As a tiny little home adapter that he uses at his mansion or drum thwack it. What? Drum thwack it, the uh, governor's mansion. Drum thwack it. And uh, he'll be there, rug all freshly pressed. She'll be the nominee. Menendez will run an off-the-line challenge, and he will lose. His political career is over at this point. Over. Done. But the question is, should he still be getting all these classified briefings on the, on the powerful Senate Foreign Relations Committee? And the answer, of course, is no, because the guy's been accused of conspiring against the United States of America to help Egypt in order to enrich himself. He's a complete and utter scumbag. Now, <clears throat> Menendez has said the following. The allegations against me are just that, allegations. And he said regarding the gold bars found at his home, he said he will not be commenting on anonymous media le leaks designed to prejudice his right to a fair trial. He looks forward to addressing the government's claims in court based on a complete record of the evidence. He's denied taking payoffs from Davies, even though prosecutors alleged 
Testing shows that Davies' fingerprints and DNA are on some of the tens of thousands in cash found at Menendez's home. And now we know they were his gold bars. So you can connect the gold bars straight to the Jersey businessman who Menendez was helping. Menendez at the time said, for 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies. And because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba, he said. That's also a lie. It's an utter lie. But I mean, you know, he can tell it all he wants. Menendez and his wife were accused of taking payoffs from businessman Will Hanna. Uh, An exchange investigators say the senator allegedly used his position as chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to help Hanna win an exclusive halal meat inspection contract with the Egyptian government. They also said in exchange for bribes, the senator tried to assist the government of Egypt with arms sales. Prosecutor said Menendez also accepted a Mercedes and other payoffs from Jose Oribe. In exchange for that, Menendez offered to try to help Uribe with an ongoing state attorney general investigation. And the attorney general of New Jersey did not go after Menendez. See, at the time when that happened, he was being better. He was being good. He was staying in his lane, playing nice with the other Democrats in the sandbox. But the minute that he spoke out against the Iran deal, President Obama got very annoyed. And then the acting president, Joe Biden, the Pino, the president name only, and his Justice Department went after Menendez. Doesn't change the fact that he's guilty. It's just the reason why they pulled the trigger. Now, you know, stolen gold bars, cash, Mercedes, all these things. It really does make you wonder, what does it take to shock you these days? What does it take to shock you when it comes to corruption? Four of the gold bars found in Menendez's home were previously stolen. And the question really becomes, does this guy have any chance in hell? And no, because it's not really up to the people. The way that it works in New Jersey politics, particularly with Democrats, less so Republicans, but with Democrats, is the party bosses decide who gets the powerful county line, period. And then at that point, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. It can, it can happen. I mean, for example, Jim Florio, who was governor of New Jersey uh, back in the, in the 90s, Florio free in 93, if you remember, Christy Ty Whitman beat him. There was a time that Jim Florio actually beat the Democrat Party machine. And was able to win. There, I mean, there was a time that it can be done. It's just, it's just very rare that it's done. It's not something that happens very often. So, I mean, good luck. You know what I'm saying? Good luck. Uh, good luck and see if you can try to pull that off. Very difficult to do. Very difficult to do. Speaking of, of um, things that are difficult to do, whenever we think about the dumbest members of Congress, you think to yourself, okay, we know Maisie Hirono in the Senate, and we know that that idiot from Connecticut, R- Richard Blumenthal, they are tops, no doubt about it. But in the House of Representatives, I got to go with Sheila Jackson Lee as being one of the biggest dummies in Congress. And you didn't think it could be this dumb, but oh, it's dumb. So Sheila Jackson Lee put out a new ad urging her supporters to vote on the wrong day. Yes, that's right. Uh, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee put out a campaign ad and has the wrong date for her runoff election in Houston. (laughs) Now, here's my question. Is this election interference, Matt DeSantis? Because she told people to vote on the wrong day. She's interfering with her own supporters. See, much like how that guy Ricky Vaughn told people to text the word Hillary and that was voter suppression by putting out this ad and putting the wrong date in it. She's suppressing herself, her own voters, but still it's voter suppression, is it not? It's a solid argument, and certainly she's uh, a more reputable source than a random troll on social media. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's what I'm saying. She's an idiot. I mean, really, she's such a moron. And she hires bad, like, idiots hire idiots, too. The ad shows Jackson Lee touting her record and declaring that if we're going to bring down crime, fix our streets, and bring good-paying jobs here, then Houston needs a champion Who's ready to fight for what's right? And I am. That's funny because you've been a congresswoman forever and the streets are not safe. uh, Crime is up and jobs have left. The ad ends with a graphic telling viewers to vote on December 7th or earlier. There's one problem, which was pointed out by the political tracker medium buying. That's not the right date. The election is actually happening on Saturday, December 9th. (laughs) 
By the way, she's held public office since 1990. But if you want safe streets and you want you want crime to go down and you want all these things, you you better you better go with her. You know what I mean? You better go with her. <laughs> You're not seeing a whole lot of change if she's just elected to another position. Uh probably not. Probably not. What an idiot. December 9th. December 7th, the date which will live in infamy. It's the day that Sheila Jackson Lee told her supporters to vote for her, even though the election day is December 9th. <laughs> Something else happened that day, too. Can't remember it. Not very good at history. All right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. So, a lot more to chat about as the show goes on. I want to remind you, December 15th, we are live at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. I want to see you there. Mark your calendars for that. It's going to be a great live show. It'll be our last live show of the year. And we, as of right now, don't have any other schedule for next year. I imagine we will, but I don't know. You never know. So you got to go with the sure thing in life. The sure thing is December 15th. That's the date. All right. Will you be there? I hope so. It'll be a lot of fun. GrandHotelKateMay.com. It'll be all decorated for Christmas. We'll have some Christmas fun and we'll have uh, a good time together. By the way, I am getting killed on Twitter today. I mean, it's just brutal over the Jelly of the Month Club. I'm getting killed. And I'm so sorry that I said Jello. I meant jelly. And I think I said jelly. I think I just talked too fast and said it came out Jello. Well, I don't, that's not what I heard. You traitor. You know what, <laughs> Matt the Sanctitraitorous? Well, if they're not going after you, they're going after me. So I would rather direct them towards, yeah. towards you. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't buy that story. <laughs> you don't not, buy that story either? Not, not for a second. <laughs> Um, so let me do the, let's see the, I got to do this right now from Greg. I got this now. It is the, let's see the Cherry Hill Vavo social media check-in. Let's do this Cherry Hill Vavo social media check-in, shall we? Snow Bunny Gal says, did I hear that correctly? Did, did Reese just say Jello of the month? Did Reese? Really? <laughs> That's funny. That's just rude is what that is. You know what it is? That's just rude. Well done, Snow Bunny Gal. Uh, and um, a number of a number of people have made some comments. And <laughs> Jay says, "Who's the lead actor in Christmas Vacation?" Bill Cosby. All right, I get it. I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the Cherry Hill Vavo social media check-in, <laughs> brought to you by our great friends at Cherry Hill Vavo, where relationships matter. And we'll do more of that later. I don't want to do it because it's painful, but sometimes you have to address your own mistakes in life. And that's how you grow, by addressing your mistakes and coming clean. And sometimes washing your mouth out with soap uh, or bleach. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Coming right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Wild thing. Yes, it's wild. You make my my heart sing, right? All right. So um, Ricky Vaughn is the guy from Major League and also the guy who was facing serious jail time uh, because of his tweet that joked around and said that Hillary Clinton uh, if you're a Hillary Clinton supporter, you should text the word Hillary to this number and you'll be able to uh, to vote for her. Douglas Mackey is his name. Now, the good news is that 
a higher court saw some sanity here. And this is what happened. And this is very, very good news. It actually happened yesterday towards the end of the show. A federal court on Monday halted the prison sentence for Douglas Mackey, who was convicted earlier this year of election interference for posting memes that mocked Hillary Clinton voters to cast their ballot via text during the 2016 presidential election. Mackey was accused of a scheme to deprive individuals of their constitutional right to vote after a Twitter account he ran under the handle Ricky Vaughn posted memes in the lead up to the election. In October, Judge Ann M. Donnelly of Federal District Court in Brooklyn sentenced Mackey to seven months in prison, a $15,000 fine, and two years probation. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Seven months in prison. Remember what I told you yesterday about those two people in Atlanta who admitted to burning down that Wendy's and they got, I think, what, five months in jail and they had to pay a $500 fine and... This guy's seven months in prison for, for a meme, a joking meme on Twitter, social media. Actually, I don't even know if they got any prison time. Do you remember? I, I don't remember now. I have to look up the case, but I don't think they got any charges. I think they just got a fine and maybe like community service and probation for burning down a Wendy's during Black Lives Matter riots. But this guy makes a joking meme on Twitter, seven months in prison and a $15,000 fine and two years probation. However, Judge Omar Williams of the Second Circuit Court of Appeals reportedly overruled the appellate court in granting a motion for bond pending appeal. Quote, the ruling is huge because it means that the appeals court decided that my appeal presents substantial and debatable issues of law that if resolved in my favor will result in my conviction being vacated. The prosecution, on the other hand, argued that my appeal was frivolous and that this was a typical election crime case like any other in U.S. history. This is a very encouraging step towards vindication. See, this is the thing. If the judge believes that there's merits to overturning this case on appeal, then he's going to let him out of jail on bond. Because it, 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 it's the kind of thing where they think, yeah, there's real merit here to overturn this thing. Yes, five years. Thank you, Matt. They're looking that up. Yeah, so the two people in Atlanta who burned down the Wendy's got five years probation. They had to pay a $500 fine and 150 hours community service. Plus, they got lifelong uh, Wendy's salad bar, too, which was nice. They got that thrown in with for them, actually. <laughs> lifelong Wendy's baked potato. And what do they have? What's their, what's their uh, ice cream that they have? The, oh, the Frosty. Frosty. Yeah, they, got, they had to pay a $500 fine. They had to do 150 hours community service, five years probation, and then they got lifetime free Frosties at Wendy's, at any Wendy's in America. Not a bad deal. That's a good lawyer right there. A good lawyer. That's what I'm saying. Good lawyer. But, however, not so much for Ricky Vaughn, a.k.a. Douglas Mackey. Seven years in prison. Seven. I mean, that's just outrageous, right? Seven months. Excuse me. Seven months in prison. $15,000 fine. Two years probation. For a joking meme on Twitter. Didn't burn anything down. Didn't stop anyone from voting. I mean, nobody was stopped. He He didn't burn down a Wendy's to keep people from going to vote. He didn't hold anybody down. He didn't, he didn't hold. You know, it's like in life, I always say, it's, you have to take responsibility for your actions. All right? You're an adult. No, nobody made you accept the friend request. Nobody made you believe the stupid meme. Nobody made you burn down the Wendy's. Like, you did these things. You have to own these things in life. If somebody was dumb enough to look at that, that meme on Twitter and really text the word Hillary to that number, and think their vote counted, their vote should not count because they're an idiot. And that's just bad for the republic. Bad, bad, bad. But you have to take responsibility for your own actions and stop being a victim. And the problem is we love victims in this country. We love victimhood. So somebody turns around and goes, oh, my vote was disenfranchised. There's no evidence that anybody really was disenfranchised by this. I mean, maybe in the grand scheme, what, 60 people? Certainly would not have changed the outcome of the election. But the government of the United States of America argued that that was an election crime. Think about that, a crime. Nobody was denied the right to vote. Just some people are stupid and they believe whatever they read. They believe whatever they hear and then because they're idiots. You can't account for the idiot factor in this. And it's on you. That's on you. If you don't know 
enough about elections. If you don't take the time to know that and you fell for that, you're a clown. And I don't want your vote counted anyway. But let's not forget something. There's a woman on social media who did the exact same thing when it came to Trump supporters and told everybody who was a Trump supporter to vote on Super Wednesday, day after the election. She never faced any criminal charges. And the reason why is because she's a Democrat. She's a lefty. And there's a double standard in this country, a huge double standard. So he's going to federal prison and she's not. Those two people that burned down the Wendy's in Atlanta, nothing will happen to them. They'll just enjoy their Slurpees or what are they called again? Burpees or Breezies. Breezies. Frosties. Frosties, right. I haven't been to Wendy's in a long time. (laughs) Yeah, we were were just talking about that. It has been a while since we got some Wendy's, but it's so good. And I love Wendy's too because they're huge uh, proponents of adoption. Yeah, the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's huge. So actually, I I, I love the restaurant for that reason. Not my favorite fast food burger, though. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be the least healthy of all the fast food restaurants as well. Really? Yeah. The the place that serves the Baconator? (laughs) No. The Baconator. (laughs) I'm healthy. I go to McDonald's. I had the Batnator when I was in Wuhan. (laughs) You ever have the Batnator? I can't say that I have. So it's a bat burger with bacon, pangolin, raccoon dog, and extra cheese on a brioche bun. See, Matt DeSantis, you'd like it. I'm down for the brioche bun. Yeah, the the batnaker the was the batten. What is it? Baconator? Batten? Batten? Baconator? <laughs> say that five times fast. <laughs> Excuse me, can I get extra raccoon dog sauce on the side, please? <clears throat> and how do you like that cook, sir? Uh, rare? Oh. Yeah. Well, learn my lesson. Huh. Wow. So this judge at least has seen the light here. I think what's going to happen is I think he's going to win on appeal. I really do. I think he's going to win on appeal. I think the judge is going to recognize that this is a clear, clear First Amendment issue, that what he was doing was satirical. And there's lots of examples throughout history of people using satire in politics. And that he did not actually disenfranchise anybody. The Justice Department claimed that Mackey had conspired to injure a press, threaten or intimidate people from exercising their right to vote. Prosecutors said that he and others had intended variously to provoke, mislead, and in some cases deceive voters in the 2016 presidential election with their posts. Now, I don't know how you can argue that. I really don't. I put out a tweet that says, if you want to vote for Hillary, text the word Hillary to this number and your vote will count. And it's so obviously over the top satirical because there's there's no way you can you can do that. It doesn't exist in this country. Like, for example, I mean, if I purposely gave you the wrong directions to the polling place, you, I guess you could make an argument that I disenfranchised you. Although I'd say it's a reach. Like say you 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 pulled your car over on the side of the street. I said, hey, excuse me, can you tell me how to get to the, to the polling place? I say, yeah, you make a, a left at Main Street versus a right. I guess you could argue that maybe I disenfranchised you, although I would say the same thing. It's not my responsibility to tell you how to get to the election place. That's on you. Maybe I'm dyslexic. Maybe I thought it would be funny. doesn't matter. I, you, you still had, it was on you when you decided to vote to figure out where the hell to go. Not on me. But he didn't even do that. He didn't even tell anybody anything because obviously the argument would be that, well, voting election places, obviously that's, they exist. And so if you deny somebody the proper directions, you're denying them the right to find that building and then go vote. But nowhere in the United States of America can you vote by text. See what I mean? It doesn't exist. So it's so over the top. Like if I, if I, for example, like outside of a, a, a polling place, let's, let's say I put out a bunch of signs that said, vote there. And I put arrows across the street to a different location, or I put closed signs or something like that. And actually people got there and thought the, the place was closed. You can make a very good argument that I disenfranchise those voters. You could, you can make a very good argument for that. I don't think that would be protected speech. I don't think that if I did that, that you could count. If I went there and I put a giant closed sign outside of a polling place and nobody noticed it, nobody saw it and people went there, showed up, got there and then they thought the place was closed and they didn't vote. You could absolutely make an argument that I disenfranchise those people and I would think it'd be a very tough thing to defend under the First Amendment. 
but there's nowhere where you can vote by text. You see what I mean? So it's not even like a situation where he misled people by putting the wrong number in or anything like that. Like, let's say in America, you really could vote for president by texting and he gave out the wrong number. All right. You can make an argument then that he disenfranchised people because he gave them the wrong number. But the point is, you cannot vote by text. It doesn't exist. It'd be like saying, you, you know, uh, text the word Hillary and to this number and you'll get a, uh, you know, like a, like a free trip to the moon. I mean, like it, the, it's so over the top that only an idiot could fall for it. Whereas, I mean, you can make a real argument that, yeah, if, you, if somebody comes up and they put close signs outside of the polling place, that people could be disenfranchised. Or they put caution tape up. Or they put, you know, cones outside the street to make you think the street was closed. Yeah, I would think that person has absolutely broken the law. Because voting takes place at that physical location and I did something that would make a reasonable person believe they could not access that building. So I would be absolutely, in my opinion, in violation of the law. Because what's the standard as a reasonable person? Would a reasonable person believe that something had happened that they could not use that building? Yes. Well, then you violated their ability to vote. You, 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 are, you did that. You did that to them. You injured them in that way. But there's... Voting by text does not exist in the United States of America. So only an idiot could fall for that. The standard really is when we're dealing with satire, and this is what I learned from the Jerry Falwell porn movie with um, Woody Harrelson, you know, the porno movie. What was it? People vs. Larry Flint. Remember that? Apparently, (laughs) you never saw it? Oh, it's a great movie, actually. Edward Norton plays the attorney. And Woody Harrelson plays Larry Flint, and uh, there, there's a uh, you know I mean it's tough because he's a he's he's a he's a porn guy you know what I mean he, and he makes disgusting revolting videos disgusting videos <laughs> make you want to throw up. But that said, um, the cartoon and question in his magazine mocking Jerry Falwell was so over the top that the Supreme Court unanimously ruled. That no reasonable person could believe that it was real. And that's the standard. The standard really is when you're dealing with satire, is it so over the top? And is the person a public figure that a reasonable person would realize that it's a joke? And then only an idiot would believe that in this case, Jerry Falwell was having sex with his mother or whatever the, 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 the cartoon, you know, had. And I remember the, um, the scene in the movie where Edward Norton says, you don't have to like Jerry Falwell. I don't like Jerry. I, you don't have to like um, Larry Flint. I don't like Larry Flint. You don't have to like what Larry Flint does. I don't like what Larry Flint does, but it's still protected speech. It's the same thing with this. Same thing with this. I, you don't have to like Douglas Mackey. I don't have to like Douglas Mackey. I don't have to like what he did, but it's protected speech. It's so over the top that no reasonable person could think you can really text your vote because it does not exist in the United States of America anywhere, period. It doesn't. And that has to be the standard that's used. I believe that movie might have been based on a Supreme Court case. I don't know. I, I don't know much about the Supreme Court. Except <laughs> all those times in high school when I would drive around listening to May it please the court to impress chicks. You know what I mean? <laughs> because when I would go on a date with a cheerleader, nothing would say this guy's a stud like letting her hear, you know, uh, Texas v. Johnson. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just saying. Uh, 855-839-1210 is the number. Apparently, John Kerry broke wind when he was speaking. And uh, I guess the audio that we have, which Michael Pelka, Stump Brain, swears by, that John Kerry broke wind in the middle of a speech that he was giving. I believe we have the audio of that. And Samantha Sanders is a child, and he just can't help himself. <laughs> well, I'm angry because we actually played this clip yesterday, and I didn't notice it. Yeah. You you did you didn't notice it right? No, I, I didn't even. Uh, you sent it to me last night. I listened to it. I thought, Richie, you going insane. It's the same exact clip we played earlier in the right. day. And right. then I listened to it closely, and I yeah, you can hear something. You can hear something. Yeah, it's there. A noise that came out of a very very dark place, <laughs> a very very dark dirty place from John Kerry. Do you want to hear it? a horse's ass? Like literally a a, cho- a horse's ass, because he's a horse face. You know what I mean? I got the reference. Oh, you got the reference. Okay. <laughs> Disgusting. All right. 
absolutely disgusting. Uh, sure, let's hear it. All right, here it is. Uh, you know, the measure here is is really uh, sounding the alarm bell. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. Yeah, there you go. Did you hear that? I did, but you should let it go longer. Well, it gets covered up by applause, though. That's okay. I think I think you got to let it. You got to you got to run with it. You All know. Right, here we go. All right. Can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And and the reality is. Yeah, he that- definitely did. You see, because that's why he went. And and the reality, he got nervous. You know what I'm saying? He got nervous and he wanted to try to cover that up. That's exactly what happened right there. And if you watch the video, he's sitting next to um, Becky Anderson from CNN. Yeah. She immediately reaches for her mouth and nose. No way. Yeah. Oh, man. John Kerry. (laughs) Right from the horse's ass. Mouth. I meant mouth. Horse's mouth. Ew. Ah, gross. What a terrible... Ugh. It's... Ugh. Ugh. All right, 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Let me give you something positive to think about after that. Whew, I'm telling you, I, I, I just... Uh, my timing is always impeccable, isn't it? It really is. It's always impeccable. So let me tell you about something that'll make you very, very happy. And that is the great things that are happening at Cherry Hill Volvo. Because they are at the beginning of an exciting renovation to their dealership. And that means it is a great opportunity for you to purchase the Volvo of your dreams. They need to make room for all those cons- all the construction equipment there. So this month, take their already generous offers and add these incredible offers. An additional $1,000 off all new Volvos plus owner loyalty. $2,000 off when financing or leasing through Volvo cars. $7,500 lease rebate and all plug-in Volvos. You see, on top of the already aggressive finance, aggressive promotions at Cherry Hill Volvo, you add this on top of it. So whether it's a new or previously enjoyed Volvo, whether it's a lease through the Care by Lease program that I use, you will be taken great care of by Judith Krupnik and her team. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team are there for you every step of the way. And Cherry Hill Volvo is the most accessible Volvo dealer to Philly and South Jersey right across the bridge. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team would love to see you. And I'm telling you, Volvos are great cars. You know, we'll be taking uh, my wife's car. She has the XC90 up to see her parents uh, after Christmas. And the snowy Adirondack roads, I know we're going to be okay because that that Volvo is safe and secure and luxurious. And we will be there in uh, in, in, in good time and we'll, and we'll be able to enjoy the trip. And that's what matters, right? Getting there safely, it's half of it. And then, of course, enjoying the, all the luxurious amenities of the car as well. Latest technology. Beautiful leather seats. It's all there. Maybe you want the S-Class made right here in the United States of America at their plant down there where they have a lot of American jobs. Either way, at Cherry Hill Volvo, the region's most accessible Volvo dealership, you will find aggressive pricing promotions and new promotions on top of those because of the renovation. Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, where relationships matter. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Here's a little uh, social media check-in. Dr. Nick, Nicholas Denubli, seems like global warming can now in part be attributed to John Kerry. Hot air being spewed from both high and low. Well said. Divine the Rain 90. So John Kerry was sounding the alarms on the environment, just had a different ring to it. Bob says, uh, Bob Gilly says, Gillis says, I think Horseface will need to wear a methane bag to help save the planet. Well done. And uh, let's see what else. Yes, Steve Delaney, John Kerry is a very prominent proponent of wind power. (laughs) Brian McMillan, I think, really sums up the conversation very, very well when he says it's so much fun having a sophisticated political discussion and being seven at the same time. Yes, Brian. Well said. That social media check-in brought to you by our friends at Cherry Hill Vavo, where relationships matter. Yes, I agree. Well said. Well said. That's why we like to do things here. Because I am seven. I can't help it. I'm a child. Besides, humor is how I deal with my pain. Nevertheless. Uh, speaking of um, people who are just spewing wind, the college presidents today who are in front of the House Committee, particularly Harvard's president, got a real smackdown by Elise Stefanik today. She did a great job with that. But, you know, 
NBC Nightly News was the only network to report on that wildly anti-Semitic protest in Philadelphia where they were chanting, Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. Goldie, Goldie, we charge you with genocide. Awful, awful things. To, to a guy, to a restaurant owner and chef, who, by the way, is one of their own. I mean, he's a lefty. Obviously, from his Twitter account, you can just see that. The left loves to eat its own. They love that. They love to eat its own, to eat their own, I should say. They love to eat their own. And, you know, when you, when you do that, it leaves a really bad aftertaste. It leaves a really bad aftertaste, but they never stop doing it. That's the problem. And eat your own. And at some point, you just got to turn around and go, how come there's nobody left? Well, it's because you, you, you can never meet the mark of what the left wants for you. They, you can never be pure enough for woke. You know what I mean? You can never be pure enough. Now, you could have every cause right, except you stand with Israel, and that, that means you're dead to them. All the other things don't matter. This is why it's insane to try to even ever have a conversation with these people because they're so irrational. You can literally fly every single flag that they want you to fly. But if you also fly the Israel flag, then you're dead to them. And they'll stand outside your restaurant, protest and scream. You'd be with them on guns, with them on the environment, with them on, on, on everything. But you're not with them on that. You got the pride flag, the Ukraine flag, the climate change warning flag. You got it all. But you have the Israel flag. So now you're dead to them. And of the big three networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC, and obviously it was reported by our local affiliates here in Philadelphia. It was a big story locally, clearly, obviously. <coughs> but nationally, excuse me, nationally, only one of the big three networks reported on it. And that was NBC News. NBC Nightly News, Lester Holt, and Stephanie Gosk cut five. Tonight, the White House is condemning a pro-Palestinian protest outside a Jewish-owned restaurant in Philadelphia as completely unjustifiable and anti-Semitic. Stephanie Gosk is there for us tonight. At Goldie Falafel Shop in Philadelphia, a lunchtime rush. Little sign of the scene Sunday night where police say four to five hundred protesters gathered. We they accuse the restaurant co-owned by Israeli chef Michael Solomonov of supporting genocide in Gaza. Today, the White House called the protest anti-Semitic. Pennsylvania's governor said it echoed 1930s Germany. The purposeful gathering of a mob outside of a restaurant simply because it is owned by a Jewish person? Well, that's anti-Semitism. That was the governor of Pennsylvania saying that. and. Uh Good for NBC News for actually reporting on it. But, but what does it say, though, that the absence of CBS and ABC, right? I mean, it says a lot. Here is uh, Eyal Yacobi. He's a student at the University of Pennsylvania. And this is what he said. He, this is um, in front of the House committee today. This is what he was told by classmates and even professors at the University of Pennsylvania, right here in our town. I wonder if this will make national news. Cut six. Well, I am both honored and thankful to be here. I should not be here today. I should be studying for my upcoming finals. I should be taking in every moment, every experience as an undergraduate student in my senior year of college. So while I should not be here today, I am. Because 36 hours ago, I, along with most of campus, sought refuge in our rooms. As classmates and professors chanted proudly for the genocide of Jews while igniting smoke bombs and defacing school property. The neighboring university's president immediately released a statement describing this as a brazen display of anti-Semitism. He went on saying, silence in the face of last night's demonstration of anti-Semitism and hate near our doorstep is not an option for me. Well, the doorstep of the neighboring university is in fact Penn. And in fact, Penn's president did choose silence. The neighboring university's president swiftly denounced the incident, and yet our president cannot. Because the glorious October 7th, and you're a dirty little Jew, you deserve to die, are words said not by Hamas, but by my classmates and professors. And because despite all of this, I am adamant and hopeful that we will not accept, least of all embrace, this horrific new normal on college campuses today. On October 7th, Israel was attacked. Since October 7th, American Jews have been under attack. 
My name is Ayal Yacobi, and I am a proud American studying at the University of Pennsylvania. I love Penn. I've wanted to attend this university since before I can remember. I'm here because the Penn I attend today is unrecognizable from the Penn I once used to know. Penn, once renowned for groundbreaking discoveries like the mRNA vaccine, is now a chilling landscape of hatred and hostility. Our university, revered for its pursuit of knowledge, has devolved into an arena where Jewish students tiptoe through their days, uncertain and unsafe. Wow. It's quite the indictment of Penn. No, no question about it. Quite the indictment of Penn by a student there. And, and I'll just say, it's not just Penn. It's a lot of these Ivy League schools. A lot of them. We'll give you more in the 5 o'clock hour on that. No question about it. Plus, some breaking news. Just a few moments ago, the House Judiciary Committee has launched an inquiry into the Fulton County District Attorney, Fannie Willis, for colluding with the January 6th committee. I feel like after all this talk, to throw the word Fannie out there is a little bit I don't know. Ironic. <laughs> the committee discovered a letter between Willis and Chairman Benny Thompson. We have learned that Willis's office conducted its investigative actions with the Partisan Select Committee. And here is the letter below. It was just just came out just moments ago. And the question is, did she collude with the January 6th committee in her efforts to now bring down Donald Trump in Georgia? We'll give you that in the five o'clock hour as well. But listen, guys, how do you make her happy this Christmas? How do you do it? Well, it's very, very simple. You do what so many guys have done, including myself, and you do it before they sell out. I'm talking about pajama gram and the naturally nude pajamas. Naturally nude pajamas are so soft, so cozy, absolutely beautiful. Every woman loves them. And guys, you will love them too. And this is the thing. If you are looking for a beautiful, beautiful gift, for your wife, for your girlfriend, then please do what so many have done time and again. That's why they sell out naturally nude pajamas from pajamagram.com. They are comfortable. They are cozy, soft, silky, totally luxurious, better than lingerie with a curve caressing fit. Here's the best part. When you order naturally nude pajamas today, you're going to get a free naturally nude nightie. That's a $75 savings on a deluxe two-in-one complete gift. And that's not all. With pajamagram, you can even add gift packaging. If you ask me, that's an easy holiday gift that's sure to make her happy. And that's what I did last year. And you will be happy. She'll be happy. She'll be comfortable and cozy and she'll look beautiful in them. So what are you waiting for? Go to pajamagram.com right now and order the naturally nude pajamas. That's naturally nude pajamas at pajamagram.com, known for the ultimate comfort and style. Get the free naturally nude nighty with your order. A $75 savings. They'll wrap it for you, ship it for you. They could not make this any easier for you. But you got to do this now. They sell out every year, like I said. Pajamagram.com. Tell them I sent you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.